This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In this episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm talking with Tracy Cornelius, business and mindset coach, who is going to be sharing with you exactly why she and I think it's important for you to become comfortable being uncomfortable and what this looks like in terms of growing your business, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So, hey, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And I'm excited today because in this episode, we are going to be talking about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I I think that's quite intriguing as it stands. And I think you've got some amazing things coming up for yourself over the next 12 months. So just tell us a little bit about you and your business and what you do and what's coming up for you shortly. Yeah. Hi, Anna. Thanks very much for having me on. Really excited to be here. So yeah, Anna says, my name is Tracy Cornelius. I'm a business mentor and mindset coach. With my business, I help entrepreneurs and business owners to grow and scale. But predominantly what I really help them to do is to be comfortable being uncomfortable, i.e. doing all the things that we know that we need to do, but we have those feelings that keep pulling us back and we think, oh, well, maybe I don't Maybe I don't need to do that because if I was meant to be doing that, I'd feel comfortable about it. Whereas actually, we need to be able to push past our comfort zones. And yes, absolutely. I do have a number of things where I'll be pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. So I literally walk the walk, not just talk the talk. <laughs> so that being being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yes. It's reminding me, the thing that's popping into my head is Mel Robbins' five-second rule, where... Yeah within that five seconds for any of you who don't know the book the concept of it is pretty much what it says on the tin you have a thought and within five seconds if you don't implement some form of action to drive that forward what happens is then is all the reasons why you shouldn't and can't and why it's uncomfortable kick in the part of your brain that's saying yes I want this and yes that's exciting and then within five seconds, if you don't take some form of action, actually, you're going to sit on it and you're not going to do it. And it's going to become another one of those things that never gets done. Absolutely. You know, one of the hardest things about being a human being, I love the human brain. I'm absolutely fascinated with it. But I call it, it's like your best friend. And it's also like an overbearing parent. Because the problem is, is that your brain is hardwired for the past. It doesn't have anything for the future. So for the majority of us, we know that we want to make a change of some sort because we want to get to a different type of lifestyle experience, that type of thing that we haven't had before. Our brain is past orientated. So every time it thinks about the future, the first thing it thinks is, what's going to happen? What's all the dangers? What's going to hold you back? Like, don't go and do this because then you're going to be hurt and let me protect you. And that's the overbearing part of it. So we get all excited when we think about our goals and the areas that we want to be and maybe want to grow and scale and all that type of stuff. So we get all excited and we think, yes, we go to implement it and our brain kicks in and goes, hang on a second, because a couple of years ago you tried doing this and then you got really hurt and then you cried and then it was all good. So let me save you from having that kind of pain. Hmm. and I'll sabotage everything right now for you so you don't go through that. But of course, your brain doesn't know that actually if you could get over that, that on the other side is everything that you really want. So that uncomfortable feeling, it's almost an indicator of this is what's going to make you stuck in the past. Whereas if we can overcome that, then you can move forward to the future. And it doesn't guarantee it's going to go right. 
because life isn't kind of guaranteed in that way. But you've got a better chance of having a different type of result. Whereas mm. if you pay attention to that and stop, then all you're going to do is have the same pattern that you've been through. Yeah, so right. And so often we do hold ourselves back out of a fear of failure, of a fear of, of rejection, of a fear of humiliation. If we say we're going to go and do a task and then we fall flat on our face. But actually, if you go at things with the determination where I'm just going to see where this takes me, as opposed to it has to be perfect, then you're going to have an adventure on the way and you're going to grow and you're going to expand and your world is going to expand. Your experiences are going to expand and your confidence is going to expand. Exactly. You know, I do public speaking. I know that you do as well. And in that, I say to people, you know, you never listen to a motivational speaker because they say they got up in the morning around about seven o'clock, rolled out of bed, had their orange juice and their cornflakes. You know, that's not motivational. The reason that you find people motivational is because they've overcome some sort of challenge, some sort of experience that makes most of us think, oh gosh, how did they do that? And the reason that we like that is because it gives us hope. It gives us hope that we can then overcome anything that we're going through. And this is why it's so important to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because that uncomfortable feeling is what will keep you stuck. And this happens like sometimes even on a daily basis, sometimes more than daily. We talk about breaking habits and throughout the years, the amount of time that it takes to break a habit has increased. It used to be you could break a habit in seven days, but that's also because we did less. We do so much more in our everyday life now. We've spoken before and you talked about creating those new neural pathways. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the same thing. You've got to undo a habit and redo a new habit. So you're kind of uncarving one path and carving out a new one. And I think it's so important to know why you're doing that and have this enlightened, aligned feeling of elation all the way through. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like, oh, should I really be doing this? It's going to feel like, oh, I could fail. And very often as business owners, particularly in a modern market where we are having to do things like put ourselves out there, be more visible. If we're creating a personal brand, we want to become a speaker, but maybe speaking is uncomfortable. Maybe we want to do podcast interviews, but we hate the sound of our own voice. Whatever it is, actually, if you can push past that and think about what's the wider impact you want for your life and your business, then you know that those steps are important. You know that getting across that barrier, that fear, that self-protection mechanism is crucial. What I love, Tracy, is that I know that over the next 12 months, you've got some very exciting boundary pushing things that you're doing yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Okay. So I'm starting a, can you really have it all challenge? So I see so much across social media and media as a whole that we can have anything and be anything that we want to be. And yet as a business mentor, I often find that where I've got entrepreneurs concentrating on building and growing their business, then their health might suffer or their relationship might suffer. So then I was left with this, well, can you really have it all? And if you can, then can you really do it by yourself or do you need a lot of other people to support you along the way? So I thought, okay, well, if I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to be insane enough to do this challenge. What does that entail? What would it be to really have it all? And it's quite personal to me, but people can follow along. So for mine is weight loss. I've put on so much weight over the years. And it's interesting when we talk about being comfortable with being uncomfortable, because I know that this is an area that I too have avoided. I just avoid looking in the mirror and I can pretend to myself that everything's absolutely fine. So I've got just over five stone to lose, but it was also important for me to not just concentrate on weight loss. It's about being fit. 
because I've got five children, four of them are now between the ages of eight and three. That requires quite a lot of energy. You know, they like, and they run in different directions. I'm not sure if yours do the same. Well, mine are slightly older now, but I I remember the pain and I only have three of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, oh, so fitness is very important to me. So I've got a fitness regime to follow. And then my measurement mark is that I'm going to be doing a wolf run at the end of the year, which is apparently 10k over forests, lakes, obstacles. It sounds amazing in a way that I really wish you well. (laughs) From the sidelines, yeah. I'll cheer you on while I have to sit under a blanket with a cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Can I just watch on video, please? Because that looks cold, muddy and wet. And then wealth. Wealth was a really important one for me because I believe that if we can get to a freedom metric, your freedom metric is where all your bills are covered and you just no longer worry about bills or essentials. This is not about getting the lifestyle metric, which is when you have everything that you want in life, all the luxuries. This is just basically covering all expenses. So the freedom metric was very important to me on the wealth side of things. And it was also important for me to do something that was pretty new that anybody could do and to follow the journey alongside that. So the freedom metric I'll be doing on the property side of things using predominantly no money down strategies. And then it was also really important for me to make sure that your relationships can be really enhanced along that journey because you're going to learn a lot about yourself. There's going to be a lot of triggers. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the family. So can I still be not just a good mum, but can I be a better mum? Because there are a number of things that they do that trigger me. And I'm happy to admit when that happens. I'm laughing. I'm laughing to myself now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. children trigger me. They do. And I'd love to be able to bits, but they definitely bring out the worst. I know. Isn't it crazy? And the thing is, you kind of know, like, because we know what we know in in our industry as well. You know that it's being triggered, but you still do it. So the relationships are improving love relationship as well. And then also making sure that my mindset and my spiritual connection is there. Because really, if you want to have it all, it needs to be across all boards. So it's quite a big challenge. So Um, how are you going to be implementing this on a daily basis? Yeah, so every single thing that I am doing is going to be recorded, like documentary style. So it's a warts and all. But for me, as you already know, and anybody that already follows me, do have quite a busy life. So I'm having to extend the day, which means for the fitness in particular, it's got to be getting up earlier. I'll be out of my comfort zone. Property has not been my thing. It's something I've had to learn. So I've already done the course in preparation and now it's going to be following that kind of journey. So yeah, so we're just going to document that along the way. As what well makes as you uncomfortable about doing that, Tracy? Everything, everything. Do you know, the biggest thing that I'm uncomfortable about is I've put this out, which I'm happy to do and I'm happy to share warts and all. And I'm happy... If things go wrong along the way, the part that makes me feel really uncomfortable is what if I'm wrong? What if you really can't have it all? And what if I fail? You know, all of those things. So what would happen if you can't have it all and you do fail? I think you might lose a little bit of hope or I wonder if I might lose a little bit of hope because it's part of me that goes, actually, I really do think you can have it all. And I do think that you can be whatever you want to be. I think you can. Yeah, absolutely. We make lots of choices to keep ourselves limited. Yes. Yeah. And I've, and those I've, of us who are very expansive in our thinking, there are yeah. things that are comfortable. So immediately you're talking about your fitness regime. And I'm thinking, I know as I go into next year that I want to improve my levels of fitness. Now, for me, it's not a weight loss thing. For me, it's an energy thing because I yeah. find myself getting tired and drained and switching off. And mm-hmm. so I use that as an excuse to not exercise. And I know that previously, when I've done very intense periods of exercise, I have been having so much energy 
And I keep telling myself it's a time issue. It's not really a time issue. It's a choice issue because it's always possible to go into, you know, go and sit under a warm duvet with a cup of tea. Exactly. And And also working out what is it? What does that routine need to look like? And I wonder if there's a part of you that is thinking, I'm going to hit this really hard in January and maybe February, I'll still be feeling that momentum. What happens when you get to March and April and you're tired and you've, you've had long days and things aren't working? And you still got to show up. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I'm hoping that this will also help me to do in this challenge, and like I said, it's quite personal, is I'm hoping to refind myself. Because years ago, I was very, very motivated, especially in fitness, really motivated in fitness, and I would enjoy it. Now, literally wild horses cannot drag me to want to do that. I know I need to, but I don't want to in any way, shape or form. In fact, so adverse in the opposite direction that I could do tantrum worthy, Oscar worthy tantrum about how much I really don't want to do it. So Tracy, if you need to refine yourself, where did you go? Very interesting question. Good. (laughs) And I love the fact that you brought this up because I really do think that this is really important because as a woman, we talk about this a lot. I absolutely adore all of my children, but one I wasn't really expecting to have more. So for those of you that don't know my story, they told me after my eldest, my eldest is 22. After I had her, they told me I couldn't have any more children. So 12 and a half years later, that was a big shock. And I was really excited about that. But at the same time, I kept looking and going, oh my gosh, you know, Kaisha's getting to the stage now where she's being able to go and stay with friends. So it was getting to like an independence mm-hmm. and I'm going to start all over again. My sister had children at the same time as me. And I now see her, she's going on holiday, she's got all that kind of freedom. And now I've got less freedom than I had years ago. So that's part of it. The other part of having children again and again, (laughs) back to back, like four of them in succession. So you really could get pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the weird part. So Neve was a bit more of a shock. We tried for grace. It was like, woohoo, that was like really quick. Alina popped along and thought, oh, obviously got no more problems anymore. So took the usual precautions. Soraya still popped along. The irony of that was not funny. But I've had issues in the female area all my life. So not about a year after I had Soraya, I had to go for another scan. And the sonographer literally said, I don't know how you've had any children. So every time I get annoyed with them, I have to remind myself they're all miracles, mm-hmm. you know, because then I have that whole guilt part of like, I should mm-hmm. feel completely blessed and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But you asked where I went. During that time, I was originally on a path that I kind of knew and then I suddenly didn't know. And then suddenly there was a lot more expense and it was a fairly new relationship. So expense, you said. Yeah, absolutely. You know, children are quite expensive, (laughs) but in time as well as money Mm -hmm. and emotions, it was a fairly new relationship. So there we just like been propelled into parenthood. So there were so many different things going on. My businesses at the time were beginning to fail and I got into that trap of, or maybe it's the business. So shiny penny syndrome, go and do another business. I ended up having four businesses whilst having four children. And I practically had a nervous breakdown. I still think that in the irony of that, it was one of the best times because it forced me to completely stop and go, what do I really like? What do I really want to do? Rather than thinking, I want to do this because we need money or I've got to take care of the family. You know, all of the obligations that you feel. It really made me think, what do I really want to do? And that's when I got a lot more focused, went much more into coaching, understood what I wanted out of the relationship, understood what I wanted as a parent. Because here's the thing, we often talk about the fact that we feel guilty at the fact that when we work, we're not with our children. But I also feel guilty at not feeling guilty. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I really like it. Because it's a habit. Yeah. And you also have this outside pressure that you almost feel like you should feel guilty. So that's how I lost myself. I kind of felt like, oh, I felt like I was doing everything that I felt that society was putting on me or the perception of what other people think that I should be. And along the way, I would like to find some of the motivation that I had when I felt good about especially exercise there's a lot of grief that I've had a lot of very important people have passed away over the last five or so years and as a parent I find that I personally hide a lot of my own feelings to make sure that I'm the person that's put together for my children so that they don't feel insecure and that type of stuff so I also think that during the times of struggle because that's when your past tends to come up it's like when you're already feeling low so understanding that part of me too so that interests me when we've started this conversation today talking about being comfortable being uncomfortable and often grief and family pressure responsibility can be one of the most uncomfortable things that we can experience but I think there are so many lessons to be learned from those dark times when you're ready to see them and I think very often it's that wake-up call this is my life right now this might be it the next year might be we don't know and so for me you know we were at a family funeral a little while ago it's probably about six seven weeks ago now and my husband and I we had all sorts of all sorts of dramas at home as you do when you've got a busy family and I'm running my own business and predominantly on my own and we came out of that funeral very much more focused on the environment we want to create at home for each other, for ourselves, very much. I mean, I'm very driven, as you are, Tracy. And it it made me stop and think, what am I building and why? And what are my deadlines for doing this? And almost how uncomfortable do I need to be in getting to that deadline, whilst at the same time, acknowledging the needs and desires of my children, my husband, and me. So that I don't get lost in the drive to get forward, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Well, Anna, I'm sorry that you had a family funeral, but I understand where you're at. About six months ago, my brother passed away. And that's what also sparks this off. Because, you know, it was such a shock. There wasn't an accident. He didn't have a disease or anything else like that. His children at the time were six and three, now seven and three. So the same ages of two of mine. He didn't own his own house, didn't have savings or anything else like that. And it made me reflect upon our life. And I kind of thought, well, if I pass away, I'll pass away. When your time's up, I do believe your time's up. But I know that if that was right now, I'd be standing over my body going, oh, crap, I really didn't take care of it. Like I'd find that there was a reason if I've done all the things that I feel that I could have done to be the best version of me and the healthiest version of me, then it's just, it's something that's completely out of my control. I, I couldn't have done any more. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely. And I used to have this, this is going back to that finding myself. I used to have this perception. If I've always done the best that I can do in that day, then no matter what happens, I can never regret it. Makes no difference if it was a right or wrong decision. If it was the best I could do in that day, you can't ever regret. You can just do better because you've learned more. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I do that now. I don't feel like I go to bed thinking, yeah, I was the best version of me today, or I was the best version of a parent today. I was really didn't eat that whole packet of biscuits, plus the croissants when I'm gluten intolerant. And I shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. We all know. We all know you did. (laughs) So yeah, so this is where a lot of that's kind of come from. And do you know what I'm really intrigued about? And this is the spark of when we were talking about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I am almost obsessed with finding out what the mind, my mind in particular, 
does along this journey. Yeah, because be I'm obsessed with mindset. Yeah. Because I just think your mindset is often the difference between whether you do or don't do, whether you go towards or you retract. And I'm absolutely fascinated to find out what that will do. Well, interestingly, I've just I've recorded an episode that's going out on the 30th of December, ready for New Year's Eve, which is all about working out, essentially doing a life and business audit. What's yeah. going on for you? What are you not achieving that you actually, deep down, it really matters to you? Whether that's providing for your children, whether that's getting investment money to, for the future, whether that's looking after your health, your fitness. Are you eating all the cakes on a regular basis? <laughs> Or are you actually occasionally having a little bit of spinach and salad? And all of those things, because I think as human beings, I'm interested in human potential. And all of those things make us better beings. So listen out for that episode, people. It's coming out on the 30th of December. So I'll definitely be tuning into that. I love the fact that you use the word human potential. And I think that's it, isn't it? And everyone's looking for that. Everybody really does want almost a beacon, the inspiration. They want to know that they can do it. They want to know that someone else suffered. Because there's too many parts where we can look at our amazing celebrities and we can look at all of these inspiring people. And if you're just taking a snapshot, it almost looks a bit too easy. Mm -hmm. And then we have this false perception that maybe it is and maybe it's just us that's the reason why it's not easy. So what's important then for people to focus on when they're thinking about being uncomfortable? I think the most important thing to focus on is the fact that uncomfortable doesn't mean to say that it's not right. We have this fear. It's almost like there's scientific evidence now to say that we have three brains. We have one that's obviously inside our head. We have one that's inside of our heart and we have one that's inside of our gut. And a lot of the time when we feel uncomfortable, we think it means that we need to avoid something, which of course, many years ago, it probably was. Your gut instinct would have been said, cybertooth tiger, make sure that you're getting out of the way type thing. But now losing weight is not quite the same as a cybertooth tiger. Can't say that. That was like quite hard. (laughs) But you know, it doesn't have the same connotation. It's still uncomfortable. That gut feeling is still there because we really don't want to do it. But it's in our best interest on health to do that. So I think the first thing to recognize is that feeling uncomfortable doesn't mean wrong. And also working out what the trigger is for you. Because we all have different triggers and it's very easy to have generalizations, but your trigger might be different. I know that my trigger, for example, on weight loss, isn't just the fact that it's quite hard. It's because years ago, I was in quite an abusive relationship and I lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And even when I was just under seven and a half stone, that person still told me that I was fat and that I had cellulite. And I had such an unnatural and very unhealthy way of looking. I no longer saw food, I saw calories. And if I ate food, I would work out three times as much to lose that amount of calories. So is there a fear for you now, Tracy, that as you go into slimming down, losing weight, being more trim, that that old habit of thought is going to crop up. hundred percent, which is why I know that up until now, I've done some things and then stopped and done some things and then stopped. And now I need to deal with that. So that again is being the comfortable with being uncomfortable because not only do I need to deal with that, but I'm going to be publicly dealing with that. But that was also important for me because don't you find that when you come across people, they don't realize that other people are going through the same thing as them. And sometimes they just want that, oh, it's not just me. Absolutely. Um, So that part was important, but it was also important for me to find experts along the way. Because I think that there's a lot of things that we can do ourselves. And isn't that phenomenal that we've got the drive and ambition to get through? But I also think that we don't know what we don't know. 
And there's probably other people that have got expertise that mm-hmm. could just say, actually, let me help you with that. If you do this, then it makes it so much easier to overcome. So how are people going to be able to follow your journey then, Tracy, as you get really uncomfortable <laughs> over the next 12 months? Yeah, absolutely. So you'll be able to follow me all on social media. Just search for Tracy, which is T-R-A-C-I. Cornelius, C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S. It will be on YouTube. I've also got an app coming along that you'll be able to follow along with that as well and join in on your own personal journey along with that too. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on to Entrepreneurs Get Visible today. And we'll make sure all of your links are attached in the show notes to this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.